I probably got about 20, 30 yards into the field and I started getting that um, uncomfortable somebody's watching me feeling. And the farther I got into the field, the more intense this feeling got. It, it got to the point where it was like every hair on my body was pins and needles. And then all of a sudden I stopped and I'm looking at this thing and uh, it was taking me a few minutes to gather what I was looking at. This is the Cryptic Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me as always is my co-host, Todd. What's up, buddy? Hello, Brian. Are you ready for another Bigfoot encounter tonight? Because we got one coming on. Yes. Always ready. We do love the Bigfoot encounters, don't we? We do. They're fun and That's exciting, fun. and and we learn something new every time. We do. That's true. This one happened around Devil's Tower, or in the vicinity of Devil's Tower. So, oh, Devil's Tower. You no, know, you and I have Mystery. been kind of kind of delving into that a little bit talking about devil's tower lately yep so we're going to see what leroy encountered when he went camping there years ago mm, sounds exciting all right let's bring him on let's get him how's it going leroy it's it's going how are you guys good man good good thanks for being here with us today and talking to us uh you're you're very welcome about that how old were you when you had your encounter? I do believe, best of my knowledge, because it's been a long time, I was 18 years old. Okay. You were camping near Devil's Tower when this happened. The area is just about 5, 10 miles outside of Sundance, Wyoming, which is uh, about 15, 20 miles away from Devil's Tower. Well, why don't you uh, tell us what you guys were doing and what happened? Well, it all started out... Uh, my uncle, my father's brother, was um, coming from St. Louis to go hunting with my father one last time. So uh, we all loaded up. I took a buddy of mine with us who had never been hunting or camping like this before in his life. And uh, we left Cheyenne and drove all the way up to uh, Sundance. We got up into the mountains. And once we got up there, we were told that me and my buddy were sleeping in a tent because they invited the, the down-the-street neighbors and his 14-year-old daughter was going. And I'm like, but you guys are getting to sleep in the RV. And he goes, you're sleeping in a tent. So <laughs> we got everything all set up. And I had told my friend that it was going to be cold and uh, he needed to pack and dress really warm. You know, it's it's mid-October, and uh, the mountains get pretty chilly around here. They can get really, really chilly around here. And, of course, he didn't quite believe me the way he should have. So we get up there, we get everything set up, get the tent set up. And I, being who I have been my whole life, uh, you know, going out into the woods with my father, dealing with a lot of the cold and stuff like that, and... Um, Having been the younger one of everybody going, always took the uh, back end of all the fun stuff that we got to do. So I knew what I was expecting. Um, 
So I had all my clothes laid out on the tent floor. Then I had a second uh, sleeping bag laid on top of that. And then I had uh, my military-grade mummy bag, which I was sleeping in, laid out on top of that. And, um, you know, for the most part, the first part of the night went just fine. Got in there, got to sleep. I was sleeping really good. And uh, I might have been on a slight downhill because it's... My head had slid into the corner of the tent nice and tight. I'm not sure of the time, so I'm just going to say like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I was rudely awakened by what felt like somebody running across the field and kicking me in the head. It hit me hard enough that it flipped me off of my sleeping bag and into the middle of my tent. And left a great big knot on the back of my head. Um, yeah. it, it was, and when I told you this story before, I left a whole bunch of stuff out, which was a big argument that ensued between me and my buddy because I woke up quite pissed and I thought it was him who hit me and I wasn't getting the answers I wanted. So uh, he finally got me to calm down. And um, got me to shut off the little battery-operated lantern I had at the point in time. And he's like, look, you can see everything. And I said, okay, I can see everything. Yes, it's a great big silvery moon. And it was one of those big super silver moons where you didn't need lights to drive down the road. You could see uh, the barbs on the barbed bar fence three feet away from where... I had my tent placed. You could see the branches. Um, it was just one of those kind of creepy, eerie nights. And, you know, I, I couldn't get him to tell me why he hit me in the head. And, and one thing I should mention, my father was a six foot nine Cherokee Indian. He was a very tall man. So once I got the light turned on, we all kind of calmed down. We were... Uh, sitting there and he goes look i'm laying here freezing and he goes yes i know i forgot my stuff so let's not get into that again and uh i'm like so what happened he goes well i heard somebody walking to the tent and he goes at first i thought it was your father and i said what do you mean he goes well i knew it wasn't your dad when it blocked out the moon my dad would have had to been probably two foot taller for that to have happened Okay, so, you know, that was the day that um, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call him, stepped out of being a fantasy monster to being it's actually alive. So, to go on with everything, told my father, you know, because he got up about 4 o'clock, 4.30, was getting us up out of the tent to get us to go to bed, and, uh, or... Not to go to bed, but to get up, get ready to go hunting. And I was telling my dad, I said, man, I don't think we should leave until the sun comes up. And why would we do that? I said, because dad, and I told him what happened. He goes, you're full of shit. Nothing like that happened. I said, I got a lump on my head. Look, and he goes, I don't care about the lump on your head. That didn't happen. So as things turned out, because I really wasn't wanting to kind of 
go out after all that happened like, the night before that you know, it didn't feel quite the safest being on my own. But as it turned out, my dad and my uncle went one way. My neighbors and my buddy went the other way. And I was left sitting at the, tent, or at the camp by myself. And I was like, what the hell? So I'm looking down in this field. And it, it was a private property field. But the guy had left a note that uh, he would allow deer hunting as long as you left what we call the, uh, the landowner's ticket off of your license in his can so he could collect the fees from the Wyoming Game and Fish for letting people hunt his property. And uh, I'm sitting there looking, and there's this stream flowing through the middle of this field, and it's, you know, you can see thick, heavy brush and everything. And I'm like, all right, I'll head down that way, and I'll see what I can find. I probably got about 20, 30 yards into the field, and I started getting that um, uncomfortable somebody's watching me feeling. Kept turning around, kept looking. And the farther I got into the field, the more intense this feeling got. It, it got to the point where it was like every hair on my body was pins and needles jabbing into me. It, it hurt that bad, but I couldn't see nothing. I couldn't. You know, there was nothing sitting there visibly that I could watch. It was a great big open field other than this stream with all the brush and the cattails around it. There was nothing within a mile and a half, two miles of me. So I kept on going. And, you know, as a young kid, 18 years old, you're not paying attention to everything in the woods that you should be paying attention to. So as I got down to the front of the, the head of the stream, the brush and the bushes and the cattails that that repeatedly grow there every year were so thick you you know you could you knew there was a stream there just because of how thick it was but you could not see light through it it was like looking into a black curtain so i kept walking on down the uh the side of the brush and everything and i had gone probably a couple hundred yards uh you know maybe a little more and then I got to realizing that even though I couldn't see through it, I could see sunlight starting to break through. And you could see deeper into the brush and the cattails. And then all of a sudden I stopped. And I'm looking at this thing. And uh, it was taking me a few minutes to gather what I was looking at. And uh, to date, I've only seen one other picture similar to what I saw. Now, the brush and the cattails were seven, eight feet tall. I mean, my father at six foot nine could have walked through there standing straight up and you'd have never seen him. He wasn't that tall. But what I was looking at looked like a man who crouched over. His head was maybe six, seven inches below the top of the weeds. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly big kid. I mean, I'm 5'10", I'm 260 pounds. This thing was twice as wide as I was. And I stood there looking at it for so long. You could see, you could see the head. You could see the shoulders. You could see where the arms draped down by its side. You could see the thighs that look like tree trunks themselves, where they'd split apart 
and he was just sitting there crouched just below the weed level. Wasn't making any noise, wasn't making any movements. I mean, there was no wind blowing, so nothing was moving. And um, I have heard and I have learned that, uh, you know, because I didn't smell nothing. And never stopped to realize this, but most animals won't let you know they're there unless they want you to know they're there. Like with a big predator, a cat or a bear, you're not going to know they're there until it's too late. You know, and um, there was nothing. So I, I, the way I've been thinking about this the last 20, 30 some odd years is um, that when these things let people smell them, it's on purpose. Yep. I think we both, Brian and I both agree on that. It's, a, it's something right. they can control. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a scent, just like, you know, with, uh, with a bear or a lion or, you know, any of the muscaline animals, ferrets, skunks. That's, that's, and I don't know that it's so much a defensive thing. I think it just wants to let you know that it's there. Right. But what I was looking at, you know, like I say, it wasn't moving. It was standing there. And I have never felt fear like this before in my life. It scared me so bad. I forgot I was carrying a high-powered rifle. You know? I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, we've heard that before too. I've I've heard mm-hmm. guys say that hunters say that. I didn't realize I had a gun on me at that point. Yeah, you know, and I knew I knew I had one. I left camp with it, and I had camp, or I had it with me when I got back to camp. But I had forgotten that I had it, and uh, I wasn't going to run. You know, I, I I knew for a fact that was probably the worst mistake I could have ever made. Just like with a mountain lion or something, it's going to chase you. Yep. So I started. I put a little more distance because I was only like 20 feet away from this when I saw it. Put a little more distance between me and the brush line and I started back up the brush line and the creek. And even though I'm the only one there, the only thing I could think of at that time was get back to camp, hide in the tent. Not like it was going to do me any good, but like I say, I was an irrational young kid. Um, and as I'm walking back, I'm kind of listening to what I thought was the little creek, little stream, whatever it was, uh, you know, just kind of bubbling and doing this little running thing. Sounded kind of loud, but what I was realizing is I had actually heard that on the way in. Didn't pay any attention to it. But as I'm walking back, it started to make more sense that that thing had been standing at the head of the stream, the creek, and had been watching me all the way down. That was the feeling of me being watched that I was getting. And the closer I got to it, the more intent it got to watching me. So I'm realizing now that this thing is following me back the same way I came in. Have no idea what's going to happen. I just knew I no longer wanted to be there. Finally got up to uh, the camp, the, the camp and, you know, the whole way up there, I knew it was watching me. I could still feel it. Got up, crawled inside my tent, and that's where I hid until I heard one of the other vehicles pull back up. <laughs> of course, it was my father and my uncle, so 
they had already called me a liar about what had happened the night before. There was no way I was going to chance this and have them really call me a liar again. So, yeah, that's about uh, where it's been. And, you know, it, it scared the living shit out yeah, of me. And, and I did not go back up there for, it, it had been 32 years since I had wow. re returned back up to the that exact set of woods to do any kind of hunting and it just so happened it was um spring turkey hunting time and uh i was up there with a friend and we're driving down this dirt road and i stopped for a second he goes what's going on i said uh i've been in this exact place before and we're not sticking around <laughs> so you know <clears throat> i've had i've had i've seen footprints not up there but in other places you know, and uh, the very last time I got to go up there, we uh, it was a buddy of mine and uh, a former girlfriend's youngest son. And um, we had a very interesting night that time, too. So my uh, my extreme hunting up there in the woods of uh, the Black Hills of Wyoming up around Sundance and the Devil Tower, like I've told people, I, I don't sleep in tents up there. <laughs> we'll either get a hotel room or I'll be in a camper, I'm not sleeping in a tent. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, it's just, and, and and I totally forgot about this part, and it happens all the time because it was like the night after or the the very next night. Um, I had come back to camp, and uh, my buddy is cooking lunch in the tent. He's frying bacon in my tent. In the tent? In my tent. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I'm hungry. I said, but you don't cook in the tent. I said, you don't cook anywhere near the tent. And he goes, why? I said, because we are in the mountains. You have predators. This is like ringing the dinner bell. And he goes, Nothing's going to happen. I said, get your shit out of my tent. I said, we ain't going to do this anymore. Get it out of my tent and finish cooking your lunch. Was he in there because he was scared to be outside? He was in there because there was a little bit of breeze this day, and he didn't want to fight the breeze while he was frying his bacon. So mm -hmm. say, he had never been hunting. He had never been this kind of camping before. He had no idea. And I never explained it to him. So we got him out, <clears throat> pulled our clothes and stuff out, hoping that they'd air out and do the best we could get. But um, went back to bed later on that day. And I want to say it was like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning again and sound asleep. Of course, this time I'm letting him use one of my sleeping bags, so he's sleeping too. And at first, when I first heard this, I thought it was a mountain lion. And he goes, what is that? And did you hear that? And I said, yeah, I heard that. And I said, and that's why you don't cook bacon in a tent. He goes, what do you mean? I said, that's, that's sounds like a mountain lion, and we're about to be cat food. <laughs> and it goes, no. And then it screamed again. And of course, the cat's now a whole lot closer than it was before. Coming at a pretty good grip. And 
You know, everybody's like, what about the big shiny silver moon? Well, that had died out two days before. There was no moon. It was pitch black, just like you'd expect the mountains to be. And uh, this thing got so close, so close that I could hear it take a breath every time it took a footstep as it walked around my tent. And then all of a sudden, for no reason, you just heard it take off just bolted so i'm strapping uh, a flashlight to the bottom of my rifle because i want to be able to see what i'm shooting and my buddy's like what are you doing i said uh i'm gonna go sleep in a metal body band you can sleep in this damn porking factory all you want <laughs> i'm shining my flashlight under my dad's van seeing if i could see paws or anything and there was nothing there so i took off and uh, unbeknownst to me, my buddy was right behind me. I got there. I opened up the doors, and he practically ran me over getting into the van. <laughs> so. I bet your tent still smells like bacon, huh? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I threw that one away. <laughs> don't blame you. <laughs> Probably a good idea, yeah. I wasn't ever going to use that one again. As a matter of fact, I, I shacked two military mummy grade or uh, two military grade mummy bags because of that. So yeah, mm. it's been an interesting situation. It's just, and I don't mind going back up there. I'm not afraid to go back up there. I mean, if that makes any sense, but uh, I'm a little more cautious in those woods than I am just about anywhere else. Yeah. And yeah, I know they could be anywhere, but, it's interesting when people say, I just felt like I was being watched. I just knew I was being watched. We have that sixth sense of, of ourselves, mm -hmm. and people don't realize that. We kind of know when, when someone or something is around, uh, we kind of feel that. Now, like a mountain lion, they're very stealthy. You probably don't know they're around. But in so many encounters we hear, everyone says, you know, I just had that feeling. Something was staring at me. Something was watching me. Um mm -hmm. Did you get a good look at its face, Leroy? Could you describe any of it? Were you close uh, enough to see any details? It was it was still far enough in the the bushes and the brambles and the cattails that and the sun was to its back. So no, I didn't get a I saw the body shape, I saw the body size, and um yeah, there was no for me there was no face, which some people are like, oh, well, you can't prove nothing then. Well, you weren't standing there when I saw it, and I don't need you right. to say you saw it. So, um, well, no. in your wildlife there, you don't have anything that's built like that. I mean, I guess maybe a bear, but you would have you known if a bear's not going to stand there hunched over staring at you like that. I mean, well, you know, uh, too far away from Yellowstone for the grizzlies. And the only other bears we got around here are the black bears. And the black bear doesn't get that big. Doesn't even right. come close to being that big. You know, a 300-pound black bear ain't much bigger than I am. This thing was massive compared to me. Did you ever tell anybody about I've that? I've friends over the years. Um, very few. And, and I knew the... I knew the reaction I was going to get. It's like um, I told my friend that went up turkey hunting with me. And the night things really started going uh, 
odd for us up there. Um, we were sitting there. It was about 11 o'clock at night, getting ready to turn in. And um, we're being very, we're paying a whole lot of attention because um, it was nice. It was quiet. And then all of a sudden, uh, a hen turkey at 11.30 at night just starts cracking off. And hour and a half, two hours later, it is still wound up. And he goes, it's got to be a mountain lion. I said, a mountain lion will climb the tree and get the turkey. I said, there's something on the ground bothering that damn bird. And, um, and about that point, he's like, uh, got a question for you. And I said, what's that? And he goes, uh, and that story that you told me about the first time you came up here, he goes, is that completely true? And I said, man, I've never had any reason to lie to you. Yes, that was completely true. And after that, we we really don't talk to each other much anymore. I, I don't know what happened. And, um, that's fine. But yeah, that's how that goes too. So I haven't talked to my buddy that went hunting with me the first time since then either so and i don't know why that is you know i didn't do it to him sometimes people go through these experiences and they kind of become a solitude you know they don't they don't want to talk yeah. about it they don't want to be around the people that they they saw it happen with they want to forget about it they don't want That's, to talk about it they don't want to think about it yeah it's unfortunate but you know until you actually go through it you don't understand what people might do or how they react to things and I can understand that, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, better or worse, it is what it is. And, um, whether they want to admit it and make peace with it or whatever it is, you know, like I say, it is what it is. I, I didn't do it. I can't change it. Um, you know, especially with the first friend, I didn't take him up there knowing that was the first time I'd ever been in the woods my own self. So. Yeah. Back to being, uh, in the tent and getting knocked in the head there. Obviously no one in your group did it, would have done it on purpose. You know, you would have been told if they did. And why would you do something like that to somebody? You know, you're not going to do that. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think maybe if I had been able to calm down a little bit more, because to my, to my best knowledge, like I say, it felt like my best example would be like, is if you're walking through a dark room and you stub your toe, you know, because I was, I had a barbed wire fence three feet away from me. And yeah, he, uh, you know, just made a misstep. Or he could have actually reached down and saw my head bulging in the tent and just whacked at one. I don't <laughs> know. And since he doesn't talk to me anymore, I'll never know. So I don't even know where he lives. He moved away somewhere. If you think about it, like I said, no one's going to do that to you in your group. It had to have been something else. But what could have hit you? I mean, a bear's not going to come walking by, or even a mountain lion's not going to hit you like that. No. Uh, it's like you said, something was running through there. And if you said there was a uh, three foot away was a barbed wire fence, it was probably trying to cut through that area and got a little mm -hmm. too close. Uh, maybe it was trying to check out the tent a little bit too as it was running by. But it uh, sounds like, yeah, you kind of got a foot to the head from the old uh, Bigfoot. There. Yeah, because it, it, I mean, like I say, it, it rolled me completely off of the mummy, the under mummy bag. And I think we had like a two foot space in between his bed and my bed in that tent. And I was laying in the middle of the floor. So <laughs> it, it it was a pretty good roll. Um, you know, 
surprised it didn't break my neck as hard as it felt, but it's just one of those things that happened. Did you believe in Bigfoot before this incident? My belief in Bigfoot. You know, I was I was young when I really first found out about Bigfoot, watched the Patterson Gimlin films and you know, all the other little documentary films of it. And I always thought that would be cool if it was true. You know, because I always had a father tell me it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. So I kind of grew up thinking it was fantasy. And like I say, up until that night, that's all it ever was. Now I walk into the woods and, you know, I know it's out there. I know it could be anywhere out there. Just what kind of moods it going to be in. Right. You know, and yeah. I've often thought that if I should happen to come across it again, I, like a lot of people say, I'm not going to take a shot at it. Not unless I'm afraid for my life or somebody in my party's life. You know, I got to right. shoot it. Let it go on and do its own thing. It's just another visual sighting of him. But like I say, unless... Unless I'm, I'm afraid for my life or one of the people in my hunting party or camping party, I'm just going to let it go on about its way. Who are we to interrupt? Right, exactly. Leroy, what do you think Bigfoot is? <laughs> what do I think Bigfoot is? Well, I'll tell you, with the encounters I've had, and, and especially this one, there was never no big, bright, shiny bulb. I don't think it's I don't think it's an alien. I don't think it's interdimensional because what hit me in the head was very solid and very real. Uh, it's been here. Am I completely certain that um, it is a primate uh, in the great ape species? Of course, I say that like it's a bad thing, but we're a primate. We're just not covered in hair. We are an animal just like them. They are living flesh and blood. They breathe. They breed. Maybe they keep their numbers down low because of us. I don't know, but I don't think it is um, spiritual in that way that it zaps in and out of portals. I don't think it's an alien from another planet. I could be wrong about that until I see some more suggestions and see something for myself. Probably always going to stick that way. Um, I do believe it definitely has an upper advantage over us in the woods. That's its own territory. You know, yeah, it's there are words too. We're all meant to share them, but it lives there. We don't. Right. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I don't think they come from aliens either. People, people have talked about, oh, the aliens brought them here to mine precious minerals in the caves and da, da 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 I think they've been here as long or longer than humans have. Absolutely. I think they they have some capabilities of doing some things uh, that might seem magical to us maybe but you know look at chameleons look at octopus look at look at those creatures have we never seen those before and the, for the first time you see them you know they can change colors and and adapt to their environment. Absolutely. Um, you know and just like we talked about with the with with humans having that Knowing something is watching them since, you know, um, we all have, we all have capabilities we're, we're sometimes not aware of, I guess. So who knows what these things can and can't do. But yeah, I don't think they're, 
I don't think they're from another dimension or anything. I think they're they originated here. Yeah, you know, along the lines a lot like we did, and how we actually showed up, who knows? But I know they were here before us, and that's that's my belief is they were here before us. Uh, you know, some people say it is a an ancestor of the Gigantopithecus. Well, with the little bit of DNA they found from that, just like with an ape or chimpanzees, to be more more specific. Uh, their DNA is very similar similar to ours, except for one DNA chromosome. And that's nothing. But it's enough of a change. And until we actually know what it is, we'll never know. So I, I do believe it, it's, you know, the possibility of it being a uh, an ancestor of, of the Gigantopithecus. I've watched a lot of videos with this thing running and this thing, and in a lot of ways, it does portray a lot of uh, more ape species than than we do. Um, but then again, you never know how much of that is faked. You yeah. Know? You so, right. um, unfortunately to say, and tell either the government turns loose a lot of information about this because come on we all know they know about it <laughs> or one of us actually has to take one and they bring it into the public spotlight we're never gonna know right and sad fact but that's just the way it is so do you think you'd want to see another one <laughs> no no <laughs> no you, you know that too often yeah that's Sometimes, a lot of times people say they would just far away, but. Right. Oh, I mean, I know eventually it's going to happen. It's just no way around it. Eventually I'm going to see it again. Uh, you know, I guess if I'm by myself, that's one thing. But if I've got other people with me, then you got to, you know, oh, I was just a bear walking out there. That's always people's first reaction. Yeah. Well, I didn't have that one when they first saw it. So, you know, I knew I was looking at something I shouldn't be looking at. Right. Yeah. I've said this before. I wish bears didn't exist so people couldn't say that's what they thought they saw. Then then what are they going to say they saw? Oh, yeah. it was a mountain lion walking on two legs. Probably that's what they would say. But <laughs> yeah. Be a yeah. damn fat mountain lion, that's for sure. I just know the the Black Hills area from... Mount Rushmore all the way up to Devil's Tower. That's a very paranormal hotspot area. I'm surprised you really haven't had much more going on up there. Well, um, one of my oldest friends, um, he has family that lives up there. and We were kind of talking about one thing, and I told him, I said, I won't camp in those woods unless I'm in a tent or in a hotel room. And he goes, my own family don't camp in those woods. <laughs> so... You know, and oh, that'll I, tell you something. <laughs> I met quite a bit of his family, and I even met the ones that lived up there. But uh, you know, very down to earth people, and if they're not going to camp in the woods, maybe I shouldn't either. But I still, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's some activity going on there, as you would know. How far away mm -hmm. are you from uh, Devil's Tower now? I am about six and a half, maybe seven hours drive time from there. Oh, okay. I live, if you were to look on the mountain, 
and you look at uh, Sundance, Wyoming, and you go straight down the Nebraska and South Dakota borders, Cheyenne is right there. You got Nebraska, Colorado, and we're all in that corner. So, okay. Yeah, Brian and I were talking about Devil's Tower before uh, we started this episode with you today and uh, just trying to figure out the mysteries and, and, and everything about it. I didn't know if you had any history about it being closer to it or being near camping near it, but um, yeah, there's some weird stuff surrounding just that in itself, you know? Uh, I have heard. I've never really, you know, um, I've never really, uh, I've always believed in UFOs and aliens. I mean, it is uh, extremely human arrogance to think we are the only thing in all the universe. Right. Yeah, it's just human arrogance. We can't be. Yeah, I, I no longer, what they say, believe in God. I had an experience where I damn near died, and the only reason I'm still here is because of God. I mean, I was there. I, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be able to talk to you. Um, the first words that I heard out of my doctor's mouth were, don't ask, I don't know, and you shouldn't be. And I looked at him and said, what do you mean? He goes, you should not be alive, and I don't know where you are. Hmm. So. If that's not um, a big proof for God, I don't know what is. But um, what did as, you? You actually almost died. Do you remember what in your subconsciousness what was going on? Um, actually, I remember a big flash of light, and um, then I had this. I want to call it an out of body experience, but it's not like everybody shows you on TV. I was I was riding my motorcycle. I was I had just left work, and uh, I was heading home. And I thought I saw a semi tractor trailer pulled off on the side of the road. Well, on the road that I was on, he could only get halfway off the road. Otherwise, he was still halfway on it. And I moved to the center of the lane to try and go around him. And then there was a big flash of light. And then I woke up in the hospital. Hmm. So somebody hit you. Uh. He turned. He never. Uh, he he had no turn lights on. He had no blinkers. None of that stuff. He just zipped in front of me. Wasn't paying attention to what he was doing, and mm. I was in result. Wow. So you're lucky you are alive. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so you saw the flash, and that was it. You don't remember anything else till you woke up. Uh well, there was this one brief spot before I talked to anybody in the hospital, and um. I used to ride a big old black Harley. And uh, when this happened, um, as best as I can tell you is when it happened, I'm standing there and everything, I don't know what the brightest, purest white you've ever seen in your life, but double that. And wow. ev everything was white. There was nobody there but me. And in all honesty, the motorcycle that I just wrecked on was laying on the road and or laying there like it was laying on the road. Um, I just knew I didn't want to go near that motorcycle, you know, uh, did not want to go near it at all. Don't know why, but I didn't. And I, you know, standing there, it was like I was given three options. You can come this way. You can go over there to that. Or you can go back where you came from. 
wasn't like I heard a big rumbling voice or anything like that, but that was what was feeling like it was happening. And apparently I chose to come back here. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, uh, couldn't have been all bad. You know, like I say, we are all part of part of his creation and his master plan, and none of us are going to know what's going to go on until he decides to let it happen. So, yeah, yeah. that's what they say. You're absolutely right, Leroy. So, well, man, thank you for being here with us today and talking to us and sharing all that. That's that's those are awesome, awesome stories to hear. Yeah, they were. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. You go hunting still back up in that area? If if you do and you see something. Up in Sundance yeah now I'm I'm carrying a small camera with me wherever I go you know because back in the day cell phones they weren't existent so. okay, right yeah yeah all right man well thanks again okay. and you have a good one bud we appreciate it yeah man we appreciate it you too you all have a great day see ya you're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Todd and Brian. If you've had an encounter and want to be on the show, email us at info at cryptidcreatures.co or visit our website at www.cryptidcreatures.net. I'm surprised getting kicked in the head like that by a Bigfoot supposedly wouldn't have, one, killed him or two, Knocked him, knocked him out pretty good. He yeah, is, at least knocked him out and given him quite a concussion. He is a big guy, though. Uh, as yeah. you said, he's he's a pretty good sized dude. So I can't imagine that. What else would it have been? Wouldn't have been a person. No, a bear's not going to do that. Mountain lion's going to do that. So yeah, a bear would have taken a swipe. It wouldn't have given him a boot. You know, and they always talk about feeling like being watched, like you did. You know, walking into the to the area that he was in and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Everyone always talks about that. I wonder if uh, just waiting for that time when we're out hiking around, squatching around to get that feeling of okay, no. now I feel some somebody's watching me. I at least want to get that. I like that. Give me that. Can't wait for that. Yep. Even if we don't see nothing, we'll take what we can get. Let that hair stand up on the back of your neck. That's right. Yeah. All right, man. Good episode again. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it was. That was good. All right then. Until next time. Right on. See ya.